You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore best football and football matchup podcast. We've got a jam-packed episode today, a little bit longer than our normal runtime, but it's worth it. It's worth it. So we, we've got... Uh, our entree into Philly sports, which is exactly as terrifying as you think it might be, as well as some heavy and good insight into MLS and the parts of the U.S. men's national team that we don't often get to talk about with uh, regular regular contributor Greg Sardarian and who we think is going to be a regular guest, Kevin Kwiatkowski. So stick with us. Thanks for joining us, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Thanks. Tim, do I have you? Yep, I'm on. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast to Tim Gaffney. Our, I, I, I got to say you're the Philly sports correspondent and probably Pac-12 football correspondent because <laughs> nobody cares about the Pac-12. Hey, man, Pac-12 after dark. That's, uh, that's what, what better could you be doing at 3 in the morning East Coast time than uh, watching Washington State versus Oregon State? I, I literally can't think of anything. Um, I will say, actually, and, and I'm going to go a little behind the curtain here, that one of the fav- my favorite games that I've ever watched uh, was a Pac-12 after dark Thursday night game. It was the night before or night of Halloween circa 2012. We watched like Cal versus somebody, and it was the dumbest game I've ever watched. I don't know if you remember that one. Pac-12 after dark is always so dumb, which is what makes it so fun is you're just like, you're sitting there and you're like, I mean, are they going to collectively break 140 points in 2,000 yards? You're like, is anybody even playing defense? Is somebody going to lane Kiffin both of these defensive coordinators after the game? <laughs> I mean, and, and and the funniest thing is that, like, you remember that uh, that Cal had, had Justin Wilcox as their coach and, like, tried to be, like, a smash-mouth defensive team and then went, like, 1-11. in Yeah, I mean, like, it's like trying to do that in, like, the Big 12 or, like, the Pac-12. You're just like, 
it's not going to work. Like you, they're playing like spread out with like five foot nine wide receivers who are just like fast as all hell. And if you just like trot out there with a four, three defense, you're just going to get absolutely laughed off the field. Um, all right. Well, speaking of getting absolutely laughed off the field, uh, let's go more to what's up your alley. Let's talk about the Eagles. Yes. Getting laughed off the field was their specialty last season. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, it happens. It happens. So, I, I want to talk a little bit about what I think is the most interesting thing. Honestly, like in, in the NFL, one of the things that I'm, I'm looking at most closely is, is the Jalen hurts era. So, you know, obviously I'm, I'm serious. I think it's fascinating because I've never before seen a quarterback go from, yeah, he probably is the MVP front runner gets hurt, you know, comes back and then like immediately is like, yeah, this city hates you for whatever reason. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, when he was in, like, the midst of his sophomore breakout season, like, he was like, oh, my God, like, Carson Wentz, like, oh, he's our baby. And, you know, they, they went on and won the Super Bowl that year, and it was great. And it was always weird to me that so many people were like, oh, yeah, Nick Foles is, like, the long-term answer because he, like, had that hot hand for the Super Bowl run. When it was like, guys, we've, like, seen this show multiple times. Like, <laughs> Foles is great. I love Foles. Don't get me wrong, but, like, He's not like the next 10 year guy. Um, and I feel like that started to take some of the shine off of Carson Wentz. And then like he just went out and was pretty mediocre for a couple seasons. And then they bring in Jalen Hurts and like it clearly shook the dude's confidence. And, you know, I, I don't know, like you're never going to really be able to go into his psyche and like know how much that draft pick and like, you know, looking over his shoulder actually played a part in just like the dismal 2020 season that he was putting together. But like, it definitely couldn't help. And like, now you're moving on to like a new coaching staff and like Hertz, who was like the 53rd or something pick in the draft. Like the quarterbacks don't go 53rd. Like you don't have franchise quarterbacks <laughs> that are 53rd. It's just, but, yeah, but it, Tim, but Tim, Tom Brady went 199th. Oh, my God. That is, like, the worst piece of anecdotal evidence for, like, drafting a quarterback in the world. Uh, I I do want to point out here that that Jeff Smoker also went 199th. And for those of you who don't know Jeff Smoker, um, exactly. Yeah. I think that, you know, getting drafted outside of, you know, getting drafted in the 190s, I think that the Jeff Smoker experience is probably – Uh, a lot more common than the Tom Brady experience. I mean, I'd even say that, like, I I have not looked at the statistics, but, I mean, after you get outside of the first round, like, your odds of hitting on a franchise quarterback cannot be great. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, like, you you think about the the starting quarterbacks in the NFL at this point, you go up and down the list. I feel like you almost have a better chance with with an undrafted free agent. Because if you're you're going in the second round, like, you're you're getting Kevin Cobb or Drew Stanton. Ugh. Oh like my it's, God. Kevin, Kevin Cobb, that, that draft pick like still gives me nightmares. I, every time the draft rolls around my buddy, uh, my, my buddy watching that draft with me, I, I was just in like free for all meltdown the entire time. They took like a Notre Dame defensive lineman with their second first round pick that year. And I just remember like screaming at the TV, like just not a defensive lineman. We don't need a defensive lineman. And it was as though like, I was on the Truman show and everybody was like, let's torture the hell out of this guy. Uh, well, at least, you know, as, as an Eagles fan, you've never had to watch your team draft a safety who is five foot six. 
yeah, we did that. Jay Juan Jarrett. Um, I think, which I think was like the year after they took Danny Watkins, who was like a 26 year old firefighter out of Baylor, which is like the epitome of like, what in God's name are you doing? Like this guy's going to be 32 when he's like on the first year of his second contract. Yeah. He gets to one. And, and I mean, he did, it was just like, you know, it's almost like if you have a 26 year old playing against 20 year olds, there's a certain amount of muscle mass that they can accrue on the offensive line that, you know, dudes aren't getting past him at guard. Right. Although I, I did want to bring up now that now that we're we're sort of talking about that that end of the first contract, you know, the fact that that the Eagles were able to get out from from Carson Wentz means that they have three years of team. Well, I guess. No, because he was a second round yeah, pick. So three years pick. So you don't have that yeah. fifth year option. Right. So you get so you get three years of, of team control with Hertz to sort of build around him. And and I think that we've seen unless you have Tom Brady, um, that's the way you build a contender is you have a young quarterback on a not insane deal and you sort of go from there yeah i mean that that seems to have been the recent blueprint i mean we'll see how like the like lamar jackson and uh and patrick mahomes how like you know mahomes already has his mega deal i don't actually know if if jackson has his yet but like how roster construction changes when the heavy years of that hit uh i mean i think the one thing with the the hurts situation though is like this year's a dead year i don't think eagles fans are looking at this year and being like are we going to contend it's like a brand new coaching staff it's hurts being a starting quarterback for the first time and i mean they've got like 20 plus million dollars of like dead cap hit from the carson wentz trade so like it's great that they were able to offload that contract and free up space in the future but at the same time it's like over it's like 20 percent of their cap this year is like dead cap on the Carson Wentz deal yeah but I mean you look you look at the NFC East I mean at what point in the summer are you going to convince yourself that eight and eight is going to get into the playoffs from the NFC East and that the Eagles can get to eight and eight I mean well heck we it's eight and eight <laughs> eight and eight means you still got a game to play we got the we got we got game number 17 oh god we have game That's number 17 true. Which, uh, which is, they, they just had the NFL um, schedule release show yesterday. Which is so ridiculous. It, it's, I love the idea that they're like, hello, we would like you to watch a TV show where we will announce, like, a future TV show. You're like, I'm watching, like, a show announcing the TV guide for the future. That, that... Well, re- remember that... that um... I, I don't know if this is true or just one of those things that, that my dad used to say, but the most watched channel uh, in America is not CBS. It's not NBC. It's the TV Guide channel. You know, back back in the day where, where they had an actual channel devoted to the TV Guide and the Internet wasn't a thing. I was going to so, say, like, the current generation is going to have no idea what we're talking yeah. about. Like, a TV guide, which then, like, the generation ahead of us, like, what was the, they would, like, send it to you in the mail every week? I don't even know what it is, clearly. Uh, like, right. Yeah, like the actual TV guide or whatever, like the physical TV guide. Which, like, can you imagine, like, looking at a book to find out that, no, nothing good is on Fox tonight? I mean, my God, it might actually save me some time versus, like, constantly just, like, clicking around and being like, nope, everything sucks. Just being able to, like, (laughs) flip a page and be like, quick scan, all terrible. Save my thumb some work. Um, But, like, going back to that, that sort of that that 17-game schedule. Um, and you know, like, there's a lot to talk about it and how dumb it is and how nobody but the owners want it. Um, oh, and I guess, 
it, I guess, you know, ESPN and Fox and, and CBS want it. But. Yeah, because they know that, like, look, nobody was asking for this thing. Nobody's like, oh, man, you know, you know, we really need to add another game to the season because I just don't know if my team's good or not after 16. <laughs> You're like, dude, we're 4-12. and 12. We're not good. I mercifully end this. You know, prevent any injuries. You know, what, what do we like? The Eagles tanked last year. They tanked their last game to get a better draft pick. I don't need to watch two weeks of tanking. I already did that with the 76ers for multiple full <laughs> I am good on tanking for the rest of my life. That said, I'm absolutely going to watch that 17th game. Of course. Of course. Yeah, and, the, mean, and like, like, and that's, and that's the point is that like we as like, you know, relatively informed, relatively paying attention. And I don't really watch the NFL, but like as a relatively informed, aware football fan, you're like, no, this is bad for the players. You know, we already know all the medical stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, You know, we know we don't need a 17th game to watch, you know, let's be honest. Let's be honest here. Uh, Jared Goff versus Matt Flynn, who I assume is still somebody's backup, you know, to, to see which team goes six in, I guess, 11. And, and which team goes 7-10. and ten. Like, nobody cares. But, having said that, is it going to be on in the background while I'm doing other things on Sunday? Absolutely. No question. Yeah, like, the, it's like Roger Goodell and the NFL figured out. They're like, oh, wait, like, we have a drug that's legal. Like, people are like, no, no, no. I know that, like, I shouldn't spend eight hours of my weekend watching the NFL. And, like, oh, man, I really don't need that extra weekend of it. And I don't really care about it anyway. But, like, I'm going to do it. It's like... <laughs> You, yeah, it's, I mean, and I'm sure that that's, I, I'd be interested to re- know the additional revenue that they're generating from just like adding that 17th game. Yeah, and, and, and I wonder what, to what extent um, the, the, the NFL Players Union, which is garbage, um, to what extent they, they looked at the, the revenue numbers and they were like, okay, like we need to do this for our membership because this is an extra, you know, say, I don't know, a, you know, a hundred million dollars or whatever it turns out to be. Yeah, because I mean, they're on the the revenue share system, so it should increase the cap upwards a, a pretty fair amount. Um, I mean, if it was like baseball, that was like, oh, we're extending it again because they they you know it's just kind of like free market. They don't have a, they don't have a cap and they don't have the revenue share. The player, I mean, the 162 games in baseball is like mind numbingly too much baseball, um, and I love baseball too. Um, I was talking about this with my dad recently, and he was just like, yeah, I was like watching the Phillies broadcast the other night, and they were talking about like all the old announcers and how like none of them watch baseball anymore. And he was like, no shit, because they were calling baseball for 50 years. They've seen ten, like tens of thousands of games. Like they don't need to see any more baseball in their life. And I was like, yeah, that like makes sense. Um but yeah, so much baseball. baseball. Yeah, the like players would fucking riot, I'm sure. But in, but they're not like getting beaten up at, to the same degree that like an NFL player is in that that extra game. Right. Absolutely. Um, so despite all of that, we'll still watch, and and when it comes around, we'll still be like, no, no, that that 17th game is really important. It's not. Um, but so I I have one more question before I let you go uh, for the week or or two weeks or whatever, however often we're going to get uh, Tim from Allentown. But um, what do you think of the, uh, the Philadelphia union jerseys? And, and, you know, we got to talk about it because you're, you know, you're an Oregon guy. So we got to talk about the fashion. You know, what do you, what are you thinking? Well, 
so there's a different color scheme than Oregon. And like, you're talking about like the uh, the the fresh Prince of Bel Air ones. Yeah, um, I, I love it. It's <laughs> but uh, like it's so loud and it's so ridiculous, and it appeals to like Philly on such a like this is like kind of ridiculous level. Um, <laughs> it, it's like gritty. You're like you look at it and you're like, man, this thing is terrible <laughs> and you have that reaction for like a week and then everybody else in the country's like man this thing is terrible and then philly's like hey fuck you <laughs> this thing's great and just like rolls with it and it becomes like a city icon so i think it's gonna do great i feel like the flyers hit on that and the union are like we need to do something that's so ridiculous that everyone hates it and then Philly will hate it and then immediately love it because everybody else is forced to hate it. And Philly's like, don't shit on us anymore. So it's like, so, so Philadelphia, only we can call our terrible stuff terrible. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. Well, like if you're in, if you're in Philadelphia and you're like, you know, collectively, we all talk, we all talk shit about like the Jersey Shore. But if you're like in Philadelphia and people are like, yeah, Jersey Shore is terrible. And then like somebody from Connecticut's like, oh yeah, never go to the Jersey Shore. And they're like, the hell go go to hell my family had a what would go to the beach house down there you know 10 miles north of atlantic city and it like all of a sudden becomes a place where like oh there's like uh needles on the beach to like oh it's this uh, garden of eden paradise that only existed because uh you didn't like it (laughs) well uh on that note i'm gonna let you uh retire to wildwood for the weekend um and uh, we will we will see you next time. Thanks so much, Tim. Sounds good. Have a good one. You too. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing great today, Coach. Do you know why I'm doing great? Tell me. Because I get to make podcasts with my friends using the Anchor app. It, and, well, you know, I, I get why that makes you happy, but certainly you have to pay for the Anchor app. You know, you'd be surprised to find out completely free completely free but they say nothing is free well apparently podcasting with your friends can be through the anchor app wow well you know i'm I'm sure that it's like you gotta have some like super complicated studio or editing software right you know i can't say that confidently but since you're the one that edits all of our podcasts i'm fairly confident any moron can do it well, you know, any any moron can do it because, again, I do it. Now, that doesn't mean that you can edit well. You can. I can. I don't really know how to edit. But you can do it through the Anchor app. It supposedly makes it easy. You're just not that good at it. It's all right. And we, when we say you, we mean the royal you, listener. Not just you, Asa. Uh, or but, you, Greg. Right. Uh, and not just you, Greg, you, Greg, but you, Greg, Greg Burrell. Who, who I assume listens. Does, do, do we have confirmation that Greg Berhalter listens to the podcast? We have confirmation that a Greg listens to the podcast. Why do we need a second one? I mean, you certainly don't need an extra G. No, that's just, Greg. that's incredibly wrong. Um, but, you know, people listen to our, our podcast and they, they listen to it all over the place. So does that happen by magic? It, it might. I don't know how we got a Czech Republic listener. <laughs> Well, I think it's because the Anchor app distributes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It does. It's very easy to find. I've been able to find it on at least two of those services. 
And you know, isn't that what the whole point is? Spotify, Apple, Google. Our what more do you need than those three? Right, our tech overlords have made it clear that that's what you need. So that's what you need. What, what do you want? Um, so here's, here's probably the biggest question. Um, it is well established that you get pray, paid in breakfast tacos. Yes. Um, but if somebody wanted to be paid in perhaps fiat currency, such as dollars or pesos, could they do that through the Anchor app? I don't personally understand why they would choose to do that. But yes, the Anchor app is willing to pay you in fiat currency instead of breakfast tacos, if you are so inclined. We're, we're, we're just saying that if you wanted to trade your podcasting voice for fiat currency that would then be used to buy breakfast tacos, you could do that. That's your choice. Your uh, ideas intrigue me, and I would like to sub- subscribe to your podcast. And I can do so using Google, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Just go to Touchlines and Touchdowns and click that little foul button, and you'll hear from us twice a week, every week. Every week. Um, so it sounds like this podcast, which is very professionally done, is all done in one place through the Anchor app. It sure is, which makes bridging our four different time zones a hell of a lot easier. Sure does. So do you want to do you want to do, do the call to action or do you want me to do the call to action? Be my guest. <laughs> this is a professional podcast. So Dear listeners and friends, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Uh, do not put anchor.fm slash TLS underscore N underscore TDS um, because we don't get anything from it. So just go straight to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app so you too can trade fiat currency for breakfast tacos. That's really the dream. All right, guys, do I, uh, do I have you both, Greg and Kevin? Connected. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Live and in person. Well, not in person. I'm, I'm here. All right. Uh, so this, this is going to be a, a new experience on the, uh, on the pod. We, we actually have uh, two guests at once. Um, usually you got to pay double for that, Cotton, but here we are. Yeah, two guests, one Asa. Yeah. That's, <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't do that. That's not good. <laughs> um. So okay, so so we're 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 recording this uh, weekend recap pod um, at like in the middle of the day on Sunday, and uh, Allison Becker, the the third Hemsworth brother, just scored that goal, and I'm I am livid. I am livid, folks. Just for just for a correction, there is a third Hemsworth brother. He's the fourth one. Who's, <laughs> there actually is. Who's who's <laughs> the third Hemsworth, and is he as he, amazingly dreamy? No, he's in uh he's in Westworld. He plays like a security a security head or something. Luke he Hemsworth. Like, he is uh, like visibly a foot shorter than the other two. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of the three of them right now. <laughs> I mean, he's not a bad looking guy. 
but no, but compared to his brothers, but he's not, you know, the god of thunder. Yeah. So yeah, okay, it's a little tough, tough draw. Um, but and 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 wouldn't it make so much more sense if Allison Becker was in fact the third Hemsworth brother and Luke would be the fourth Hemsworth? Actually, yeah, that would actually they were just switched at birth. <laughs> yeah, like it it would make a lot more sense. The Hemsworths took a vacation to Brazil and just left one of the took the wrong baby home. <laughs> he does. He has that. He has that strong like brow line. Yeah, it, 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 that's all making sense. I see it. Um. So so uh, I I guess uh, God of Brazilian Thunder. I'm not really sure where where we're going there, but he he just ended Spurs. Uh, would he be chance. like like Thorhinho? Thorhinho, yes. There we go, Thorhinho. <laughs> uh, henceforth, Thorhinho. But yeah, he just he just probably took away any chance Spurs have of of making top four. So that's fun. I'm yeah, sure. He also, he also doomed uh, West Brom to uh, championship next next season. They but... were going there. They were going there anyways. Well, it's it's between them and Fulham to see who can trip over their own dicks enough to not make it uh spoiler alert it's both <laughs> um all right so so let's let's uh let's let's shift over to uh well actually you know what? let's let's stay in, in the premier league just for a second because i actually woke up early enough to watch spurs this morning and they won and i don't hate everything so um just uh on a on a on a note uh deli alley plays and when he plays he plays well and this will connect to something that we talked about in Portland in a second. But when you have attacking midfielders who are creative, uh, good things happen, turns out. Someone should have told uh, Jason Christ that before we tried to qualify for the Olympics. And, and like, <laughs> if only there was a player in Portland who get that exact role. Wow, is that, that going to be a double segue to something that we're going to talk about later? <laughs> All right, let's just get there now. Um, <laughs> So Portland wins wins two nothing uh, last night, and Eric Williamson was had both assists. Um, and I I don't know that it's possible to watch that game last night and not just like want to 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 to, to kill somebody about the fact that he was not in the Olympic team. He, yes, he seems <laughs> so physically ready for for whatever level he's going to play. He still, I think, tracks back enough. I think that he's still physical enough where it isn't like you're you're completely giving up any bite or box to box in the midfield by playing him. It's it that's a it's a weird exclusion, and unless it's some type of roster politics that none of us are privy to because we're not in the inner circles of the U.S. Men's National Team nor MLS, um, I can't really make much sense of it. I, I, my- no, 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 my theory is that uh, Berhalter is just trying to piss off each player individually <sighs> to like make them play harder and <laughs> more sustained. So he's just gonna do it. He's just gonna leave off one obvious player every single time he has to make a roster until all of them are collectively, uh, all of them collectively hate him, and we can just use that. We can use that hatred to fuel us to the World Cup. Um, I believe that is called the Josie Mourinho. don't get me wrong i don't want the men's national team because for you know when we were you know really out to sea in the in-between times and we were just calling up whoever we could you know get on the field just to see what was going on i would like a return to normalcy where where call-ups and caps really do mean something versus it just being a you know rotating cast of 80 players just to see if anything sticks 
<laughs> so, so I mean, there there is an element where there are every tournament. There's going to be players left off that that feel like they are deserving, or that we as fans feel are deserving. I mean, as long as Burhalter, I think is is clear in his communication and, and thought process. I, I don't think as a professional athlete you can get that upset about it. Um, but I'll still second guess everything that they do that I don't see fit because. I know more about soccer than Greg Berhalter, apparently. Um. <laughs> like, the, the thing is, is that like we joke about that, and it's like, okay, like none of us know more about the men's national team or the pool than Berhalter. But no. you know what? We might know more than Christ. I, we might. <laughs> yeah, I've, the, I've I have some takes on Gio Reyna too that just are directly probably opposed to to the geniuses at Dortmund, so I keep them to myself because um, <laughs> I, I just don't have any business airing those in, in any forum. I'm less confident I know more about soccer than Dortmund. I'm still fairly confident. <laughs> like, I think I could just walk into the building of the U.S. men's national team and at least become, like, a middle manager. <laughs> it's like, wow, you you know that we're supposed to score goals. Uh, you can you can be senior vice president. Speaking of uh, scoring goals, I, I actually – I sent this um, to uh, to the chat just to, uh, to be a little meta, but um, someone posted on Twitter earlier today or, like, a moment ago, uh, after Allison scored that goal, that six Premier League keepers have have scored a goal in a game, and two of them are American, which which just felt so perfect. <laughs> just like, uh, no, we're we're gonna go score goals. We don't really believe in defense or anything of the sort. Even our goalies score goals. Uh, Josie Altador does not score goals, but that's a separate point. <laughs> it does one of, is one of them Owen Altusawi when he was started a goal and he just decided to score. No, that that'll happen next week, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so, so uh, just sort of speaking back to 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 talking about um, midfielders who sometimes track back and sometimes create stuff and theoretically are good <laughs> but don't look good in certain contexts. Let's talk about the galaxy and let's talk about Sebastian Wichette. Um There was some discourse over the weekend on Twitter about, or I guess it was on Friday, about like why does. Sebastian Legette looks so bad for the Galaxy and looks so reasonably good for the men's national team. And then, of course, he scores a goal this this weekend. But like, I I think that there's a lot of our fan base and a lot of our the discourse about UN's men's national team has to do with like FIFA. And people are like, well, Legette's a 72, and Caden Clark has a potential of 74, so we should play Caden Clark. Not that I don't like Caden Clark, I do. But like, there's like a like a it's it's not that simple. Um, and Legette looks bad for the Galaxy because they play him out of position. You know, if you, if you play as an attacking eight for him, he looks good because that's what he is. Um, so, so like, what, what, what do you guys think about sort of the, the discourse? And I, I know that, like, getting into Twitter discourse is so dumb, but it's so much a part of the U.S. Mets national team discussion at this point that it, it feels relevant. I want you to honestly tell me that you didn't start this podcast to get into Twitter discourse. <laughs> I... I I mean, I, I don't feel the need to comment on that. <laughs> I'll, I'll comment on Legette then. I, I, I think that technically he, he's a much better player than a lot of either MLS or men's national team fans would like to give him credit for, given, you know, where he plays. And especially with the recent rise of so many European-based players who are a bit younger, who I agree are, are more deserving of, of starting spots both today and in the future. But he gets written off a little bit because he plays in MLS. He also has been uh, on several years of very poor 
galaxy teams that just have not been able to to find their way really since the the keen era ended they haven't really been able to find what they need up top. They were playing Jossie Zardes as a right back at one point out of desperation. <laughs> so so there, there has been some structural things, I think, around Legette that have not put him in his best p- place to play because he's had to spot fill in roles that he may not necessarily be uh, comfortable in. They also have Dos Santos, who I mean, he plays more as a six, but, but he's still pretty involved in the attack. And he, given the level of play in MLS, you can kind of let him run free through the middle of the field and he's going to do a pretty good job cleaning up and distributing the ball as needed. And that's a little bit of what Legette wants to do. I think he wants to be central. I think he wants to put his foot on the ball. He wants to see what's in front of him uh, and make smart passes. And he's been kind of shoved wider than that, I guess, with the galaxy. Um, And that's, that's, I think been a bit of his, um, his struggle. But importantly, uh, Jazzy Zardes did play right back, and it is the official position of the podcast that everybody plays right back. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, there's, there's a little drop there. Um, <laughs> but to, to to recap, I think that he's a fine player. I I think that you need some slightly more senior leadership on a roster. You can't just send a bunch of eighteen to twenty two year olds uh, through qualifying. I think he knows the system well. I think he's a smart player. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I, it's just difficult. I think he's been in a difficult spot with this club. And like, and, and talking about the, the right backs of the galaxy, I mean, Araco actually did play well yesterday, which, um, you know, I'm always a, a fan of not that we need more right backs. Greg, what do you think about that? Uh, I don't think you can ever have enough right backs. Uh, <laughs> I am always of the position that the entire team should be made out of right backs. I mean, like, if you told me right now that we play uh, eight right backs, um, Sargent up top, and Pulisic on the left wing, um, I mean, does anybody say no? You know? like That is, like, my dream configuration. (laughs) I I mean, there's there's been some pretty convincing takes ahead of Tyler Adams' move to Leipzig that his best position was indeed going to be right back. And he was playing that weird hybrid role there for a while when Berhalter was doing that hybrid three-man back line. So I, I, there's not really – McKenney, I'm sure, played right back at some point for Schalke. I'm literally just going down the list of my mind. <laughs> Who hasn't played at least a little bit of time at right back? And it's it's less players than, than more players in, my, in our well, starting like, 11. Well, like, if you look at it, it's like, okay, um, McKenney plays that that uh, right-wing role for, for uh, Juventus right now, and he has to track back, so he can do it. Uh, Musa's playing out of position on the right on the right wing for, for Valencia, he can do it. Uh, Adams, Dest, Cannon, all have or do play right back. Yep. So that's five. Chris Richards plays right center back often. So yeah, it's that's, good. close enough. That's six. Yeah, so, that's so, what I'm saying. We're getting there. <laughs> so like, if, if you tell me like, uh, Mark McKenzie uh, does play a little bit on the right for Gank when he plays. Okay. So that's seven. You can play, uh, you can play Yedlin out of position up on the right wing. There you go. That, boom. Done. We just, we just I, put I, together, I, and it it's a it's probably an eleven that would qualify for the World Cup in the 2018 cycle. So oh, yeah. not too bad of a group. Um. So okay. So the, the last thing I want to talk about in terms of the MLS yesterday um, is as actually a left back, and I know that that's anathema to us, 
But um, Sam Vines looked good. And I, I actually got into a, to a thing about this like last week about what is Sam Vines ceiling. And some guy likes, was like, oh, he, he, he'll never make it out of MLS. Um, but you watch him with the Olympic team, you know, as much of a train wreck as that was. And you watch him in Colorado and like, I don't know. It's hard for me not to see him as someone who like, yeah, like he could make that jump. So as a native of Colorado for the last two years, <laughs> um, I've, I've had a little bit of time to watch Sam Vines play. Uh, not nearly enough given the just ridiculous difficulty that you face being in market to try to watch this team on the television. Uh, um, hold on. I, I just want to take an aside here and say that, uh, the Cronkies also own Arsenal. Yeah, we are pretty anti-Arsenal on this podcast. So being anti-Cronky is is fully within within uh, brand here. So continue. Yep. Um. So so all that being said, he's he's looked the part. I'd say for some of the his, some of his appearances with the youth national team. Um. I think that he's fit in well enough when he's had his few senior caps. He's a he's a pretty good passer. He's a good crosser of the ball. He plays naturally on the left, which, um, although that may be offensive to those on this podcast, uh, <laughs> from a from a national team standpoint, it is nice if you could just play your players in their preferred positions and not have to try to fit, uh, you know, square pegs into round holes. I, I think athletically, he's there. It, it, it's just a matter of, of of where he makes the move. I don't look at him like a prospect. So Tyler Adams was putting in best 11 or fringe best 11 seasons as a, as a teenager ahead of his move to Leipzig. I don't think that Vines is quite there. He's not that type of a prospect, but not everyone has to turn into Tyler Adams overseas. I think that he could, so France, uh, mid table team in Spain, maybe Italy, something like that, just, just to get him over there. Maybe Red Bull, Red Bull Salzburg needs another left back. I don't know. Something at that level where you're, you know, probably getting Europa appearances um, in a, in a, in a team like that, I think would be the best move for him. I want to see him do it. I don't want to see him sit on the rapids forever. Same thing with Bassett, send him over, get him, get him their looks. Yeah. I, I, I think that that's definitely, definitely what we're looking at um, for both of them. I mean, you, you, you hope that they can, they can get some, some minutes at a, at a level that's actually useful. Mm-hmm. Um but like speaking of, of, of actually that move, um, you know, to, to a mid table team in, in Italy, uh, Reggie Cannon, I'm just looking at Twitter now, Reggie Cannon, uh, is apparently linked with a move to Spezia, Spezia. I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, mid table Syria. So, um, you know, even, even our, our sort of our depth pieces, because I, you know, maybe Cannon's a starter, maybe not. I don't think he is. I think Robinson's ahead of him, but. Berhalter might disagree with me and prefer Dest on the left, but um, I, I, I mean, you know, even our depth pieces are, are playing in the, in the best leagues in the world. So I, you know, it's, it's hard not to be excited, but it's also, you know, it's hard not to, to look at the U S soccer infrastructure and be like, Oh my God, you guys are, are going to start Walker Zimmerman, aren't you? <laughs> I, I'm a bit, I, I'm not that, that sigh right there. <laughs> well, no, but I, I'm not as I'm not as an, I do not want Walker Zimmerman starting, but I'm not as anti Walker Zimmerman as a lot of people probably are. Given the choice between 
center backs hailing from the MLS, I'd, I'd rather start him than Aaron Long. Although Long, I think, complements Brooks better. Um, well, Long's like that type of like speedy, fast yeah. run around with it, like a chicken with your head. Although I think he got hurt yesterday. Yeah, I think you're right. He did. I, I don't. I don't hate Zerman. Uh, I think that if I was an MLS GM, wherever that guy goes, he either helps shore up a back line or, or more importantly, when he leaves, he left, he was the piece that left LAFC last year. And then their entire back line just completely fell apart when he went to Nashville. Um, I think domestically, he's a pretty good player. I think internationally, there's probably three or four players I'd want to see ahead of him. I mean, I, I, I look at, I don't see a, a, a coherent argument for Walker Zimmerman over Miles Robinson, for example. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't see how you can look at those two players and say, you know what, I want, I want Robinson on the, the roster, um, and if he needs to take his lumps against, you know, Panama, fine. Um, whereas every time a Walker Zimmerman or a, you know, Paul Ariola gets those minutes, it, those are minutes not going to someone who like, hey, maybe they can do it, maybe they can't. I know that we, we sort of let off by saying that, um, you know, even, even Greg gets a call up now and then because, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe he too can play the six. We don't have anybody else, so why not? <laughs> uh, Greg, how do you feel about playing the six? Uh, I'm fairly confident I can get the job done. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's a hustle hustle player but, out there. Yeah, I'm a box-to-box midfielder. I can I can make anything happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just to, uh, to 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 put a pin in the in the sort of the discussion, um, you know, vis-a-vis MLS and also U.S. Men's National Team, David Ochoa for backup goalie forever. I, I don't want to hear counter arguments. I don't want to hear any dispute. He is my favorite right now. He's my favorite domestic player, and it's not close. The, 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 the manner in which he conducts himself is precisely what you need going into Azteca in 2036 or whatever. In 2036? Yeah, wait, I why, mean, are we looking, why are we looking 15 years out? Because Zach Steffen, we, we, we talked about this last week, I think, but like Tim Howard has made me believe that you just pick a keeper one day and then it's like, okay, that's good for 12 years. And then you just pick the next one and it's fun. Sure, but even if you're doing that, why would we wait 15 years to take Ochoa into Azteca? I feel like having having your backup keeper be the swaggiest person on the team is, is the best way to walk into foreign stadiums. I actually, you know, that's a good point. Like, like we should we should go to uh, like like in a a meaningful game in Azteca and just be like, you think Stefan's starting? Nope, Ochoa. Let's go. What do you want to do? <laughs> I'm very curious where he even sits in. On the actual depth chart, who? I mean, he can't be higher than fourth, right? Like you've, he, you've got Turner and probably Horvath ahead of him. Yeah, and then you still have Guzan floating around for some reason. No, no, no. He, yeah, no, no. We refuse to acknowledge that. We're not doing that. If if if, if Brad Guzan starts a meaningful game, I like I'll keep watching, and I'm not. Oh, gonna I, do anything. I, I don't think he'll ever start a meaningful game. I just think it. It, not that you'd probably want to see Michael Bradley on a roster either, but like just in a similar sense. Oh yeah, I mean, just, I, I, just, I just an old guard just to to bring in to have. Sure, to... I could I could see him being a third goalie. Mm-hmm. Like that that wouldn't that wouldn't bug me, and I'm sure like I'm sure people on on Twitter.com would get very very mad. But like as a third goalie, whatever, it's fine. Um, 
whereas like if if you have him as as someone who who might get rotation minutes or might be like someone who who plays if Stefan has for example a Champions League to play um I would I would lose I would lose my mind um and then continue watching and not do anything or have any sort of actual Speaking of Stefan losing minutes to a uh old guard i guess did you guys see the man city the man city mm-hmm. Lord, man city started on friday yep <laughs> first his first start in literally a decade nine years and like 357 days uh, uh i never i never saw an explanation for that but it, uh, I, I think it was his last game with city so it was more it was kind of like a uh like a testimonial for the guy and i think i think he came up through newcastle or something oh that would make a lot of sense that game was uh <laughs> dumb no thrilling <laughs> every time i turned away from the tv there was another goal i i was i was keeping asa abreast of it on uh google hangouts and it was, i would just be like yeah it's 2-1 it's 2-2 it's 3-2 it's 3-3 it's it's 4-3 and that was in the span of like 12 minutes oh I, and i think that we need to start assigning newcastle that that um three o'clock on friday game yeah the, the yeah, three o'clock on perpetuity. friday game it's like the inverse of the uh, Iowa football playing at noon on Saturday on ESPN2. It's like, no, no, no. We're going to put the dumbest team up front. Let's go. I have to imagine it's just that they think that they get that, like, knowing that they get their entire weekend, they're just like, fuck yeah, let's do this. <laughs> let's just that's go the nuts. Only ex- that's the only explanation. Like, we should just play them every single time at the 3 o'clock on Friday and see what happens. Um. Yes. So, so I, I think uh, it is now canon on this on this podcast that uh, Newcastle must play at three o'clock Eastern on Friday. I guess eight o'clock Greenwich Mean Time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Noon Pacific, one o'clock Mountain. Yeah, um, they all they need to kick off Friday night every night or every week in uh, England. Yeah, I think I think that 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 that's that's obviously the most reasonable outcome. Um, all right, guys. Uh, I think I don't know that there's any midweek games of note. Wait, there is midweek MLS this week. Neat. All right. So, yeah, we'll, so there's uh, no midweek games of note. You said <laughs> I said what I said. Okay, guys. Well, uh, I think we're going to wrap up here, but uh, let's uh, let's circle back at the end of the week and talk about why Caden Clark is, in fact, the savior. It's just a given. <laughs> I'm also between Caden Clark and Cade Cowell. It's just too much alliteration. Cade <laughs> is in both. It's I, I'm confusing them both. I use them interchangeably right now in my day-to-day conversations because anyone who I meet face-to-face post-pandemic, the first words out of my mouth normally revolve around either Cade and Clark or Cade Cowell. And, you know, they wish for another global disease to force me back into my home for another calendar year. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, can we talk about the fact that, that we also have Cole Bassett? And I, I feel like Cole Bassett is like, um, you know, as, as someone who's like, the name's close. It's like Cade Cowell, Cole Bassett, you know, he's CB as opposed to CC. And CC. I would say, do you know how the alphabet works? Because that's not that close. Uh, I, I mean, I, like, I guess they're next to each other, but <laughs> phonetically, not really. I don't know. Cowell, Cole, it's a little close. There, okay, there's they all a... have hard sounds to start their name, their first name. There's another potential U.S. midfield of of Paxton Pomacol, the future state of uh, Paxton Aronson, and then Brendan Aronson. Uh, oh, that would be awesome. Which that's just, there's just a lot of overlap going on there. <laughs> so 
Those are like, games where you like have to take the first half of one word and put it, put it in the back half of another uh, word. Maybe that'll so- that'll be a stick of mine. I'm just gonna come up with weird alliterative elevens. Uh, so you could play Brandon on the right wing, uh, Caden Caden Clark in the midfield with with Paxton and, and Paxton. Well, no, no. So, so the unfortunate part about that is that you would definitely need to use Michael Bradley because he's a Georgia quarterback whose first name and last name are interchangeable. <laughs> Right, but no, no, you're you're just wanting. So we're gonna do the Georgia. We're gonna do the Georgia football thing, exactly the Georgia quarterback thing, where uh, our entire midfield has to be either a law firm or an accounting firm. Pick your professional firm. Paxton, Paxton, and Caden. Nice. Yeah, that that sounds a lot. Oh, that works. Uh, I that's yeah, that's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for being on the pod. We'll we'll talk to you later this week. I'm sure. Sounds good. Yeah. See you later this week, Coach. All right. Bye, guys. See you. Once again, thank you to our guests, uh, Tim from Allentown, Greg and Kevin. Um, you can find us on Twitter at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. Um, we're thinking about expanding into other forms of social media, perhaps an Instagram page. Probably not going to do Facebook because we're not that old. And uh, perhaps a clubhouse or locker room presence. So once again, if you enjoyed what you listened to tonight, like and subscribe. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. If you could just hit a like and give us five stars or whatever, uh, we'd really appreciate it. Once again, you can find us on Twitter at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. And wherever podcasts are sold for free. So thanks and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.